Shout out to Eid. Shout out for Sound Production. Just Blaze. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh. Any other shout out before we start? All the girls see them. Look at his kicks. Sweet told me to. All right. Save a month. Big My son is today. growing up without me. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I want to get started. Tyson yeah. Fury, you've done this. Tom's son is growing up without a dad, and that's all because Tyson Fury decided to shock the boxing world. And he announced today, or well, in a press release today, we learned that Tyson Fury signing with Top Rank, and I had to bring in all the big guns to do this uh, just quick reaction podcast and i'm going to read from the press release so we can get all the details the particulars of the new um, news tyson fury one of the most dynamic and popular heavyweight boxers and hall of fame promoter frank warren are joining forces with hall of fame promoter bob arum's top rank the agreement will mean that fury will be a headline part of the boxing lineup under the historic long-term top rank on espn relationship Fury, the undefeated lineal heavyweight champion, will have his bouts co-promoted by Top Rank and Queensberry Promotions. The deal calls for a minimum of two bouts per year in the United States. He's also re-signed with BT Sport in the UK. That's also what I've added. That's what we've heard. He's also re-signed with BT Sport. It's also rumored from the Daily Mail that the, the, the agreement is around $80 million for five fights. Guys, I have Fred popular um and f occasional contributor i have Stu, i have tom uh and i have rollins here i don't know if rollins is actually going to say anything but he's here and available to, to to break this down with me so let's throw to, to tom first Wait, what was your initial reaction when you heard the news i mean it's super good news for everyone on that side of the deal i mean um Fury, at the very, very least, gets a tremendous amount of leverage going into the Wilder Fury uh, rematch negotiation. Um, <laughs> you know, ESPN gets a star which is really well suited to their platform in terms of a guy who's fantastic on the mic, who, you know, as a heavyweight can go on like Sports Center with, you know, football players or basketball players, be physically the same size as them, be a great advocate for the sport. Um, yeah, I mean, it really blew my mind. I mean, it was one of those things that I did not see it coming. No one's, no one's not coming. I'm sure we'll get into that as far as the level of surprise. But um, it just, now that it's happened, it makes so much sense for them. I mean, you have three major platforms in the U.S. You have three major heavyweights in the U.S. It makes sense you have one on each. And Stu, what, what, what about you? You're in the U.K. It was midday. I mean, I was blindsided by this. I, I wake up. I didn't check my phone like I usually do. And I go out to have breakfast and I'm leaving breakfast and like... I see the news and I, I my stomach drops and we'll get into why that is, you know, we'll, we'll break down more of that. But like, what was your initial reaction? Is this a midday for you? Did, uh, was there any indication earlier in the day that big news was coming for, for UK boxing? Well, I think I don't usually get up before midday. So I, <laughs> I'm not really the man for that. <laughs> but I think what surprised me the most about the deal was the money really. Because eighty million for five fights for Fury, who's been a moderately big draw in the US, but it's a lot, which implies to me that they're they're gonna put pay per views on with Fury, and who is gonna be the B side in that is a is another big question about it, because obviously, yeah, the all the three of the big heavyweights are on different networks, and um, 
the US. So it's going to be such a push for who's going to get these pay-per-views and make back, you know, the, the 80 million they're paying, paying Fury. Yeah, I, I think there's a real big implication that's being made right now with Fury coming to top rank and what their plans are for the future on the ESPN platform. What about you, Fred? Um, you, It seems like this wouldn't be big news to you. Not in terms of like you already knew, but in terms of you wouldn't really have a reaction to this kind of news. What about you? What was your initial reaction? Uh, I don't because it's too early to know what's going on. Like, is that money confirmed that they said about the 80 hey, million hey, pounds or whatever? What are you, Eddie Hearn? You're trying to, trying to question someone else's money? Well, that's just the thing. Is like we already went through this with Eddie Hearn saying he had all this money, and I don't know. It it. Well, Stu, I think you can address. It that makes question. no sense to me. That's all I know. But am I to address the legitimacy of a Daily Mail report? Exactly. Dub- dubious to say the least. So, w- us in the U.S. who have no clue what the Daily Mail is, um, how should we take the news if it's coming from them? I I would say with a lot of salt. It's not the most um it's not the most reliable paper. Yeah. So the question is, why would Fury have taken this deal? Seemingly there's a huge fight on the landscape for him, and that is the rematch with Deontay Wilder. And that's the biggest fight in boxing at heavyweight outside of a fight that includes Anthony Joshua. So it seems realistic that the only way you could get Fury to agree to this deal would be to offer him something that's more than he would make for Wilder with less risk. Because a fight with Deontay Wilder could still make Fury a ton of money and leave him with the potential to fight Anthony Joshua. But if he has this ESPN deal, doesn't it seem likely that he won't fight Anthony Joshua? Tom. Well, I mean, if you look at the immediate reactions, I mean, Bob Arum is saying we <laughs> we just want to have a bid for the fight. So, you know, if now uh, Showtime is having to bid against ESPN to try to get the fight, I mean, that could potentially make, you know, Fury and Frank a lot more money. Um, again, it's this is something which is, you know, not really bad for fans. I mean, I'll buy the pay-per-view, whichever network it's on, but I think it could still happen. I mean, that's why I framed it in that way. Like, to follow up on what some of the other guys said, like, we don't know uh, what form the deal is going to take. I definitely wouldn't trust the reported dollar figures. I mean, that's, you know, saying approximately 80 million could mean 8 million. <laughs> you know, approximately can mean anything. Um, well, I think it's got to be over 8 million. I mean, I get what you're, well, I know, anyway, I get what you're, could what you're saying. entirely made up, you know, it, it also might have no basis in anything. But, you know, again, I think at the very, very least, um, it gives them a lot more leverage in this negotiation. Um, Stu, do you think Tyson Fury's worth eighty million? Come on, brother. <laughs> That's com- dumb, Stu. My, my computer froze there. Um, I I don't think in the US right now he's worth eighty million. But the, if he gets all the big fights on ESPN, yes, he is. But there's so many ifs in that. You know, really, he, it really depends on what fights get made well, for Fury on how much money is worth to ESPN. Here's the thing that people need to uh, not lose sight of. We always talk about Anthony Joshua needs to fight in the U.S. 
And some people may not like that, specifically the British fans who disagree with that. But here's the proof in the pudding. This fight or this deal doesn't call for Tyson Fury to fight in the UK. It calls for him to fight twice in the US every single year that he's part, he's on this deal. Which means that they saw that the only way for them to recoup what they're paying for Tyson Fury is that if he's fighting in the US where they have greater control over the, the, the promotion of the event as well as they get to charge US prices. And um, that does seem like a pathway for them to recoup what they're going to they're gonna pay by keeping him in the U.S. And more so, or, or not more so, but um, do you think, Fred, that going forward, we will see possibly Tyson Fury fight maybe one or two times in the U.K. for the rest of his career and possibly even never fighting in the U.K. again? Well, it's hard to tell because even in the, the announcement, Frank Warren's like, well, you never know. We might be fighting in the UK, but then you read the reports so they say it's for US fights. Like, I can see why they took the deal because they're sort of, uh, even though I don't think AJ is exclusive to the zone, they he's obviously working with them, you know, for this fight. And Wilder had a bit of a relationship with Showtime, even though I don't know if he's signed to Showtime or not. Jerry's kind of an odd man out. So aligning with ESPN makes sense. They don't make sense because, like, you can get maybe a wilder fight, and what else, you know? Well, that Kubrat Pulev. Well, yeah. yeah. So the money man in the heavyweight division. Oh, don't forget about the man who conquered Bryant Jennings, Oscar Rivas. That's it's kind of barren out there, heavyweight. It's I don't know. Like I said, this this why this this deal have to shake out. I think the speculation is. No one even knows because it just came out of nowhere. So, Well, there's like kind of this doom and gloom about it. Um, people, I don't know what subset of fans this is. We could maybe discuss that. But what, like there's a, a voice out there on boxing media that says that this is a bad move for ESPN because Tyson Fury is a boring fighter. Does anyone here have a counter to that? I think that we are in an era where Floyd has been the biggest pay-per-view draw for the past 10 years and the fact that anybody says that you can't be a big draw if you're a boring fighter has clearly just forgotten the past 10 years of floyd because fury he's very boring the fight but he makes a press conferences must watch material so and people forget that casuals care a lot more about a story behind the fight than the actual excitement level of the fight Oh, for sure. There's, I mean, there's a huge disconnect between the people who follow boxing obsessively and then what the average Joe who catches boxing here and there, what, how they feel about the sport. And you're absolutely right. You see, the thing with Fury and why I, I think this is a, a great deal is because, and, and this is taking this solely from this perspective, because obviously the Wilder stuff has huge implications, but in terms of signing just a talent, just a talent, you can't do better than Tyson Fury. He he's charismatic. He can talk people into the building. Um, he's got a he had two terribly boring fights prior to Deontay Wilder, and they did great business on a pay per view fight with two unproven draws. So I don't think that this is a bad move for ESPN. Like, you know what would be a bad move? Maybe paying all this money for Golovkin, because he ain't talking people into the building, and he's on the on on the 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 wrong side of 30 like just bringing that into, into the fold here but um 
what do you think, Tom? Do you th- do you see a way that this is a bad move for ESPN? Can can you form a take that's called or something along those lines? Well, I don't think it's a bad move from ESPN, and I'm also disregarding the fo- the the number. <laughs> you sure. know, I mean, I, I think that's really the key to not go crazy here, uh, to look at the number and say, hey, you know, the pieces don't add up it's like you know going through the zone news it's like when they talked about billion dollar deal like they, they were so vague like a lot of a lot of the speculation was ba- i mean you know which i and we were a part of was like you look at a press cut press release or in this case this is even like a media rumor right this isn't even like from a press release and then try to break all these things down from the number and then you know make projections based off of that i mean um Dazone did have a lot of money, but the the notion of the billion dollar deal, $125 million a year or whatever, ended up being kind of irrelevant. You know, um, ESPN working with Fury, does that make sense? Yes, that makes all the sense in the world. I mean, again, it's like, what are the multiple versions of this? Like, that's that to me is the more interesting thing to think about. Um, and like I said, one, trying to get a bid in on the Wilder Fury rematch, that makes sense for every party on that side of the street. Um you know, that's only bad for, you know, Al Heyman and Showtime. Uh, not, you know, that's great for everyone on Fury, ESPN, top rank side. Um, gives them a huge amount of relevance if they can get a fight like that. Gives them a chance to make money on a fight like that. Gives them a chance to really revitalize their boxing, which the hottest thing they have going right now is a Crawford Con pay-per-view. You that's, know, That's so this, real hot. Fury instantly becomes the face of top rank boxing in the U.S. ESPN's boxing in the U.S. That, that's what um, I was saying earlier. That Tyson Fury is now the biggest star on ESPN. Someone prove me wrong. Well, Has I can't anyone... speak to ESPN in general, but I mean ESPN boxing. No, for yeah, sure. sure, sure. Come on, bro. You, like they got the NBA, they got the NFL. Yeah, he's a bigger star than Patrick Mahomes. Come on. Well, but again, it's um, some version of like the Canelo or Joshua signings with the zone. It's like our understanding. We don't know the specifics of the numbers, how true they are, but it's like they drove a dump truck full of money up to each of them. And, you know, similar. I totally believe that Fury got a good amount of money for this deal because it, it gives a huge amount of extra relevance to top rank. I mean, as much as boxing, you know, nerds on the Internet might argue like, wow, top rank's such a good promoter. Like they got Jose Ramirez to sell so many tickets in his hometown and like you know, 800,000 views is, a, you know, that's not relevance on a national scale. Fury on their network is relevance on a national scale. Fred, you want to respond to any of what Tom said? Uh, no, I think you guys covered it. Like if you're going to sign someone that you need to push the boxing, uh, Fury's a good choice because he's talking as long as he doesn't go off the rails again because that's not going to play in this America. <laughs> yeah, good uh, point. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, Tyson Fury. Uh, by, by off the rails, do you mean failing a drug test? Well, Tyson Fury well, not only not... is uh, Me Too friendly. Um... <laughs> oh, boy. Let's not go down that road, Tom. I don't like where you're going. It, it also, I don't yeah. think it's Me Too. Uh, what would be the yeah, proper not, term? Not even really Me Too specifically. Yeah, racial, anti-Semitic thing. I mean, he's been all over the map. Oh, uh, yeah. So I guess I guess he basically covers all the hashtags out there. Uh, let's let's talk specifically about the, the, the rematch with Deontay Wilder. So who here is not confident that this fight is going to happen now. Uh, I I don't know. Like I said, reading, like, Finkel doesn't even know Showtime has the rights to the rematch or who has him. You know, that, that seems kind of odd for a guy who's, like, involved, unless he's just playing coy while he tries to figure out what's going on with this. Um, I'm so- sure they'll try to make it. What's strange is that they would have uh, suspended the purse bid call 
because you only do that when people are saying, yeah, we got a deal coming. So well, it, that's, that seems kind of weird that, yeah, don't do the purse bid because we're negotiating. Well, and, and I also Mike think Warren steps in. Well, I, and I also think that because there's this take out there that maybe they delayed the purse bid so that top rank could now jump in. And I think that top rank, they just spent a bunch of money as part of the guarantee for um, for Fury. I don't think that they want to get into some bidding war in, in a purse bid where they can blindly lose this fight. Um, what do you think, Rollins? Um, well, my two main immediate reactions as far as uh, the Wilder Fury fight and how this impacts it would be that this is kind of the first chance that we'll see the necessity of Val Heyman working with ESPN and, and Bob, Bob Arum since the kind of arms race started with the top rank ESPN deal 18 months ago or however long it was. So, I mean, this is a pretty big litmus test to whether, I mean, obviously the corollary is potential Spence Crawford fight down the line. Um, some of these fights are, are going to have to be, joint ventures between Heyman and ESPN. And this is kind of first possible um, fight that would come off like that. And the other thought I had immediately was there's no chance that this fight gets made after a purse bid. If it comes to a purse bid, you'll, it'll be Stevenson Kovalev all over again, because there's no chance that ESPN made this deal just to lose a purse bid and let the fight go straight up to showtime with no involvement. And there's no chance that Al Heyman, and PBC would take it all the way to this level just to lose to ESPN and let Wilder go to ESPN and lose his title there. So, yeah, those are kind of my two big thoughts. I mean, it could if it went to a purse bid. This could be the the the, the most lucrative bid on a on a fight ever, um, with everyone getting involved. I like even I think ESPN and Showtime would rather come together and make a deal than let this go to a purse bid and both of them lose to Dazen. And that's certainly an opportunity, or not an opportunity, that's certainly a possibility that could happen, although I don't think it's realistic. I think in terms of the rematch, like if we look at, and this may be just like total pipe dream, but I think one way the rematch can work is that if ESPN and Showtime came together and said, we're going to offer this on pay-per-view, however, we'll take we're, we're going to do it in separate ways. So ESPN has a pay-per-view platform through e their ESPN app, which I'm not really sure how it works. I think Rollins, we were talking and you were having trouble ordering one of the ESPN pay-per-views um, that they did with the UFC, or at least even seeing the, the buy button. And then there's, so maybe ESPN gets to offer the pay-per-view through their streaming service. And then Showtime does the traditional way of through cable and satellite providers, as well as their own streaming service. And, if they were to do that, this fight becomes huge because the, the storyline shifts from Deontay Wilder and and uh, Tyson Fury, which is big enough to do a, a good, a, like a relatively successful pay-per-view. But now we have ESPN and Showtime working together, which is the other, like that. that's like the co-main event here. Like it was with Showtime and HBO when they did Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather for a long time. The, the rivalry between the two networks almost sold the fight just as much as the two fighters and how good they were. And if they did that, it puts the onus of promotion on both networks to try to make it as big as possible because they each stand to benefit and they're going to put their name out there. And so you rather than having one day of discussion about Wilder and Fury, which is what they did last time and what we frequently see on ESPN, 
we're going to see an entire week, an entire campaign. That, like we're seeing right now with Fox and what they're doing with Spence and Garcia, we're seeing that with the, the Wilder Fury. And and it's not just Wilder, Wilder Fury. It's like this is the heavyweight title of the world. You want to bring significance and get the casuals on board? That's how you do it. It's a it's it's you got to have that all in campaign. Now, obviously, this is a pipe dream. This is me thinking like, how could it work? Realistically, it probably won't work that way. I mean, do you see any problems with what I said, Tom? Um, I, I, I think that could happen. I mean, I, I, um, you know, this is an interesting thing, right? Because if there is this amount of money coming out. Um, if it really is like an $80 million type of thing, like what's the, what's the right way of answering this? Like, let's go back to Mayweather Pacquiao. Like in order for that fight to get made, uh, a huge amount of guaranteed money had to come from uh, a huge amount of money for the guarantees for both fighters had to uh, come from CBS corporate. Like it was beyond Showtime's budget. It was CBS corporate money. They needed that huge amount of money in order to bankroll the deal. Um, you know, if you're talking, talking about a situation about like, talking about this where oh god uh, uh but um anyway so in order to uh you know you were talking about like the purse bid and you know if this ends up being a thing where you know they're bidding tens of millions of dollars like that's potentially bigger than top rank's entire annual budget i mean you're talking at that point about like you know um <laughs> you know espn uh, you know, and then going up the corporate ladder all the way to Disney, you know, saying, you know, who who is going to be shelling out this much money to do this type of thing? If you're talking about this giant, you know, shared uh, event between these two groups. I mean, I, I know that was kind of a rambling response, but I mean, I could see something like that happening. But it's like if there's going to be a huge thing like that where this is, you know, a big event for like all of ESPN where Fury is all over the shows for months leading up to it. It's like, I don't know if it would be announced by Frank Warren in the UK, you know, like it didn't feel like that kind of announcement. Like you didn't have like the, the president of ESPN out, like holding Tyson's Fury's arm up in the air at a press conference. Um, so I think it's still really to be determined what this is. Like Frank Warren has a deal with, top rank to do his crappy boxing shows on ESPN plus well now somehow that deal involves Tyson Fury also which there was a lot of speculation about that when that that deal was signed last fall whether Tyson Fury would somehow end up getting involved um <laughs> you know it's like is this just going to somehow try to strengthen his negotiation for the Wilder fight he's going to somehow get a better split um and then we're going to sort of forget about it is tyson fury going to fight kubrat pulev on espn pay-per-view for a hundred thousand buys then fight the guy who just beat brian jennings for a hundred thousand buys on ESPN it's called oscar revis get it right <laughs> oscar revis sorry anyway i'm rambling back to someone else well rollins why do you think that this at least in the current incarnation of what we understand the rematch to be what potential problems do you see happening in terms of that rematch actually happening? Uh, well, so right now, I believe the May 18th date is 13 weeks away. And so if we're assuming that the Wilder side of this negotiation just found out about this today, like everyone else did, which we have no reason to believe otherwise, um, it's still possible that they, they could keep that date on a joint pay-per-view, but that seems like a tough ask. So maybe 
they move to a different date more in the summer um, or maybe both parties decide to take an interim fight like maybe we see Fury and Rivas on regular ESPN and maybe we see like Wilder Brazil or whatever on regular Showtime and then maybe they negotiate it for later this year um, just to buy some time to kind of figure out the logistics of how it would work um, I don't know there's a lot of ways that it could go but the the May 18th date and like the kind of idea that we've had about what might happen around around May and April uh, and June in New York and everything a lot of that's up in the air I think well it that might be might be a good idea because it gives top rank an opportunity to expose Tyson Fury to a really large amount of people now they could do it I mean, it really depends, you know. It goes both ways. You you can expose him, and he's fighting nobody, and it's like, okay, people aren't really interested. But then you expose him and say, oh, yeah, and this guy's fighting Deontay Wilder, who nearly killed this guy last December. That's a totally different thing. And ESPN, you know, they, they spent a lot of time, as you guys have known, and if you listen to the podcast, I, I've spoken about this um, a lot, about how ESPN really, 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 like, it seemed like across all of their their shows loved the fight and talked about it. And so let's 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 talk about um Anthony Joshua and Dazen. So uh Fred, you have Dazen or did have Dazen, you're Canadian. Um so you're also I think uh gonna be pretty neutral here discussing this. Um what do you think this means for Dazen in terms of what they're trying to do and what they got going with Anthony Joshua? I have no idea. <laughs> this is, like I said, this is this is just so crazy with everything. You know, Dazen's, uh, I guess, what would they have been angling for? If if he came to the U.S., they must have been angling for a Wilder fight. I might try to get it done, but I, I don't know what they do. You know, like I said, they'll keep pushing mostly Canelo, AJ. Like I said, I, I, I really don't know what's going to happen. I don't. Stu, how would it be? These guys are throwing around. I'm sorry, they're just throwing around crazy amounts of money. Like it's not like when uh, Showtime signed Floyd because you had a proven product. Right. Floyd was going to make that money back for the company, especially with the push on here. But now they're throwing big amounts at guys. He's got personality, but he's not going to get you like a million buys or anything because the competition really isn't there. How AJ AJ's big, but is he going to play a theory? No, because He's with DAZN, kind of, even though I don't think he's exclusive. Everyone's, I think, I think everyone's is sort of going to entrench in their own little world for a bit, or maybe play chicken with each other. Yeah, well, that's. That, I think that's like the worst case scenario here. So, like, if if Wilder's basically stuck because maybe ESPN's like, we'll make a Wilder fight, but we don't want to do it in the meantime because, you know, we just invested in Tyson Fury. We want to get some of our money back and maybe use. The, the the reach that we have in order to build that fight to be even bigger than it than it than it would be if we did the rematch right now. So Deontay Wilder stuck on Showtime or Fox or whatever. Fury stuck on ESPN and AJ with Dazen. How does that play out in the UK, Stu? Um, with how these two fighters, the two the two biggest stars in the UK in Joshua and Fury, how do UK fans start to feel about this? Especially well, if Joshua, and, and, and especially if it appears that they're going to be fighting in the U.S. Well, all this really is, it's, it's almost transferred Frank and Eddie's, you know, disagreements and never making fights together 
across to the US as well because <laughs> to fight the, this this same argument over who's going to do pay-per-view, what networks are going to be on, would happen in the UK with Fury and AJ. But obviously now that there would be the same argument in the US if the fight was there. It's just the transferring of a, a beef in the UK between the two promoters that has been going on for 20 years, pretty much. It's transferred it over and made the same problem if the fight were to happen in the US. The US. What, what do you think, Tom? I mean, God. I, <laughs> I don't what know. I'll pass on this one. <laughs> I mean, it is... Look, I'll, I'll, it's... <clears throat> It's it's an interesting question. I mean, what does it mean for Dazen, and what does it mean? Or <laughs> we just call it Dazen now. Uh, and, and what does it mean for AJ? I mean, it's funny. You go back a few years ago when AJ fought Klitschko, you would have got people like Max Kellerman just saying, you know, AJ is the top heavyweight in the world. There's no argument. Tyson Fury doesn't matter because he retired. You know, Wilder doesn't matter even though he's an undefeated knockout. Or like AJ's the guy. And it's interesting how that has slipped away. Like we talked about that a lot, that well, a lot last fall with the Wilder Fury pay per view, which you know, suddenly they thought you had uh, um, you had Eddie lying to AJ saying there's no no money to be made in America, and then as soon as Wilder uh, Fury happens, AJ's like cancel that Wembley date. I need to get into America and get some of that that UK or some of that US money. So, um, it's. A weird situation because it does get into again like what is this fury deal going to be and what is this going to look like a few years from now like if you go back last summer everyone was talking about wilder um wilder aj um and that was the fight and we were going to have that fight and then there was going to be one winner and you'd have a clear heavyweight champion then you get wilder fury instead it ends in a draw so now you have the lineal heavyweight champion one place the wbc belt another place and then you have the you know AJ with his IBO belt along with a few other accessories. Um it it's really just crazy like cuz you know who is AJ going to fight after he fights Big Baby? Who is Fury going to fight if he doesn't fight Wilder? I mean Wilder has a few guys like I mean he could fight as much as people would sneer like he can fight Kanowski go about his business. Like AJ has guys um that he can fight. Okay. You know Fury it's it's a little stranger. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Well, let me just toss Go out the name. So, yeah. so Tyson Fury has Kubrick Pulov and um, Joseph Parker and Oscar. Does Rivas he have opponents. Joseph Parker? I mean, Joseph Parker is in the PC universe. No, he's well. No, uh, my understanding is that Top Rank still has one option on him. Oh, oh, oh! Shoot, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I sorry. I was yeah. thinking of Joe, Joe, Joe Joyce for some reason. Sorry. Yeah, but Joseph that would be Parker, wrong. Too. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so PBC. Oh, PBC has. Oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. PBC has for for Deontay Wilder. They have Dominic Brazil. They have Adam Kanaki, and they have uh, Joe Joyce at a minimum, at a minimum. And then because uh, there's still FA Ajagba who's coming up, and there they, there's uh, I think there's four. I mean, if they throw Ajagba in there with anyone that's decent and he knocks them out, you already have a pretty solid fight. That uh, and they have Luis Ortiz by the way, um, Charles Martin. Charles Martin. Wait, what? What? No, no. They they don't have Charles, Charles Martin. Charles Martin went the dif- distance with Kanaki, so you know he's back on the scene, baby. All right, I'm gonna ignore that. And then uh, AJ has um, Dillian White. He's obviously fighting Jerome Miller. He has Dillian White. And then like who? Stu, you're British, so like this should be your expertise here. Uh, really, there there isn't Philip many. Have, have, uh, well, he has Ushik, and then he's got yeah. um, the the the. Um, Horgzik or whatever. Yeah, he just got Hergovic. Uh, so but that's they, what... they, 
Eddie doesn't seem to have any intention of throwing Usyk in there. Well, I mean, with, with AJ, I, I've spoken. Well, what's to happening people with, with Sky, White, by the way? I've I've spoken to people with Sky, and they said that the the Usyk fight isn't happening anytime soon. That that they don't see that fight as 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 um, how should I word this? It's just not a fight that's going to happen. Plausible. I don't think it's plausible. I don't think it's desirable. But um, you didn't hear that from me, guys. So I think the heavyweight division is going to... So like we've been on this... Had this renaissance in the heavyweight division where we went from Vladimir Klitschko and his brother dominating the division and being so good that the heavyweight division was perceived as being one of the weakest in boxing because of the top... The, the, how top-heavy it was. And then Fury beats him. Joshua and Wilder rise. We have other guys who are interesting coming up. And we we started talking about, well, the heavyweight division is back, and it's so good, and, and there's it's nothing like, like it in boxing when the heavyweight division is this good. And then now we're going to have, what, what would I believe, okay? I, well, we can maybe talk about this too, uh, but I think it's predictable that... Fury stays on his side of the pond, Wilder stays over here, and Joshua stays over here, and they don't interact. But, like, how devastating would that be if that's what happens, Fred? Yeah, well, like I said, that was it. It, like, it got exciting for a bit, and now we're back to typical boxing where everyone's trying to make their moves, and, you know, they all want the best angle for themselves, which, you know, is understandable because... These guys have pretty short careers. They all got to get themselves rich. What's strange about this deal is that it's a co-promotional deal. So that means they're splitting the money on their side. And then if you get another promoter in there, that's the guys are splitting it three ways. You know, though that's not usually a formula for bad enough to get two promoters to try to work it out. And now you got three. It's, 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 it's <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see how committed they are to making this rematch or if anyone actually has to it like if showtime has the rights to it then they're just gonna say well whatever it's contract you know so this won't really matter but i don't know like it wouldn't be the first time top rank signed someone to a deal only to find out that they have rights to something else so who knows like i said it, yeah. it, it, it's, this is got to get it's gonna have to shake itself out and see them like getting a fight done for may like they did it for mayweather pacquiao because that's guaranteed money you know, that's, that's everyone could put their egos aside because they're so big, but that took, you know, five years to do while they're fury. I doesn't have the same kind of pull for them to, these guys are trying to establish their future as far as like networks, like being online and selling their apps. Boxing match is really something for them to back down on. Rollins, are you yeah. trying to jump in? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, like as far as if these fights are makeable and will it go back to how it always was? Like if we've learned anything from the past, it's that when people want to come together to make the fight, whether it's because there's enough money or whether somebody just decides that for the reputation, they need to make a fight or whatever, anything is possible. Like let's, let's not act like anything is impossible, especially when we've only known about this ESPN deal for like five hours or whatever it is. But I think the big loser of the, platform wars or whatever you want to call this arms race that's happened with this announcement is the zone because it's a lot easier to make a fight if the networks that are going to be in agreement to make it have the same business model like there's no possible compromise that i can see between the zone and espn if espn wants to make 
a pay-per-view with Fury in it. And there's no similarly with Showtime. What what compromise is there if you want if DAZN wants to give away the fight for their regular subscription costs and the other networks don't, and that's not how they see their business model. I don't see how how that can possibly like they can bridge that gap. And so as as far as it comes to Joshua getting a fight that he really needs with either Fury or Wilder, I don't see how as it currently stands he can be strictly with DAZN and make that happen. Whereas even though it's more difficult to, to do cross broadcast uh, co-promotional type of events, such as uh, Mayweather Pacquiao, Showtime HBO, that whole thing, like it's difficult, but it's, we've seen the path that that has to travel. We've seen it done. Whereas the streaming service thing, uh, I mean, they could get creative. Like I said, anything's possible, but I just don't, I don't see it. I think going further with the biggest loser of this situation is if you look at how Frank Warren has went about making his presence felt in the US and compare it to how Eddie made his presence felt in the US. I think Eddie is another big loser here because Frank was sensible and he said what he did is he made a deal with one of the biggest promoters in the US and when one of his fighters, he felt that his fighter had transcended just being a star in Britain and could be a star worldwide, he used that connection with Bob to make a massive deal for Fury and make him a star in the US. While Eddie, when he wanted to get his his finger into US boxing, so to speak, he, um, he felt the need to take complete control and he made an, he got a new network got started with a new network and he picked up everybody else's scraps and he tried to put on his own shows and it has failed it's you know no one's interested in it, what Eddie Hearn does in the US and he completely misunderstood the market while Frank knew that he had no chance of making his own shows and just made a connection with someone who already has a massive foothold in the US Tom, do you agree with that? Tom Fasto. No, I, I think <laughs> Stu. I think Stu made a good call on that, and you said it before. It's sort of like they are bringing the the Hearn Warren fight to America, but uh, th- maybe that's all this is about. Who's winning or, right now in that fight? Well, they were <laughs> sorry. He was winning like on in the UK, I think, and Frank Warren sort of looked like on his way out. I believe was the feeling was. So maybe this is maybe this is just an ego deal. Ooh, you know, what were you going to say, Tom? Yeah, sorry, I was on, <laughs> I was on mute and had talked a lot. Um, uh, yeah, Shocking. you know, I, I mean, it raises a much bigger topic. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, raises a much bigger topic that I don't know what's going on with Matchroom in the UK, like at all anymore. I mean, if you look back like a year and two years ago, like you'd have events headlined by Dillian White, he appears to have sloughed off. Like you'd have, you know. Kel Brook events. He's fighting his next event in the U.S. Joshua's fighting his next event in the U.S. I mean, um, Eddie really seems to have put all his eggs into getting this disown thing to work. Um, I think, you know, in the aftermath, it will be really interesting to see, you know, what is happening with that and why, but it's very strange. I mean, from, from my perspective, his UK business has heavily suffered and his U.S. business hasn't really taken off. I don't know if this is because of you know, possible windfall if the DAZN deal just goes, if it goes well, it will go really well for him. So he's willing to take that risk. 
Um, or if, uh, you know, he, there are potential penalties he could suffer or money he could actually lose if he, he is an investor in DAZN, which he, you know, seems to at least have an equity stake. But um, it's unclear if he was paid in equity or if he's invested money into it. But anyway, that, that's that's getting off the topic. Um, regarding Frank Warren, I mean, it's a different situation. I mean, I think he comes from the situation of being like much more of an underdog. So he did a deal which makes a lot of sense for him. I mean, already when he did that deal with uh, ESPN, like prior to that, he had been very close with um, PBC and, and Al Heyman in the US. But this that was a great deal for him because it allowed him to get money for his uh, UK shows on the in the US. Like he got guaranteed money for ESPN Plus for those shows. And as a result, we saw cards like um, Carl Frampton, uh, Warrington on ESPN Plus uh, in the past year. So, you know, he's doing great for who he is. I mean, I think it comes from a very different situation. I mean, I think Matchroom UK is a much, much bigger operation than Frank Warren in the UK. But he's, you know, whereas uh, Matchroom seems to have overextended themselves, I mean, at least, you know, as indicated that they're uh, really gutting their UK operation in, <laughs> in order to try to get this his own thing to work which doesn't seem to be working too well right now whereas frank warren it, it just seems to be all gravy for him that you know he was heavily based in the U uk before had a minor u.s presence with some uh al Heyman partnerships um seems to be doing really well for himself he, he seems to have done some really good deal making in the last year well I, I i have a comparison i'd like to make and that is that Part of the reason why Eddie Hearn's been has been success, unsuccessful, and I don't care what you think, so far this is not going well for Eddie Hearn, as Tom said. And if you want to point out that they signed Canelo, Eddie Hearn is not Dazen. He doesn't own the company. Dazen has ownership in Matchroom USA, but Eddie Hearn is basically working with Matchroom because he can navigate the the. The, the waters of boxing, where John Skipper isn't the best at that. Now, part of the reason for the unsuccess the the why they're unsuccessful and why the business appears to be falling off in the UK is very si simple. Eddie Hearn is basically Eric Bischoff in like 1994. Okay, he he's he's basically WCW. And if you look at it, it's very similar in the way they've done it. At, at Bischoff, the reason why they weren't they like they stagnated is because they were playing with house money the whole time. It's not his livelihood. That's why that's why Matchroom was so good in the UK because that's his dad's money. Okay, he comes to the US and now he's playing with someone else's money. And how's that working? They brought in guys that are no longer stars. Maybe at one point in time they had a cup of coffee in the main event. The Jesse Vargas's of the world. But really, he didn't bring anyone over. He didn't bring over a Shawn Michaels. He didn't bring over a Bret Hart until Bret Hart was, you know, just not the star he once was. That's that's really like what's happening. And Frank Warren, those of you who are new to boxing may may forget this or may not even know this, but Frank Warren was the man. He was the man. And then Eddie Hearn, just like with WCW, had this cup of coffee as the, the guy. And then 83 weeks, they, they were first place. And then what happened? Regression to the mean. Matchroom couldn't sustain, or well, WCW couldn't sustain. Matchroom right now can't keep up. And, and, and that's not to say that Eddie Hearn hasn't done great things, because he did. He has his NWO. The, the NWO for, for Matchroom was the Olympic class. 
that he did phenomenally with. AJ is a the number two star in all of boxing out of that class. And the, Luke Campbell headlining those shows. And Callum Smith is doing great right now. Although he wasn't part of the Olympic class as far as I, I, I know. And... Um, who else? Who else is, was came out of there? I mean, Anthony Ogogo, He tried with him, but like you know, the guy couldn't get over, couldn't get over his injuries and whatever. Um, but here's here's the point. It, it, it seems like we are starting to see that this was a a, a senior move, and I don't mean that like uh, kind of like he's old, but like this is the the, the long term play from Frank Warren, and Frank Warren is basically now take. I think he's overtaking Eddie Hearn. While Eddie Hearn may have the biggest star and, and Eric Bischoff still had Hulk Hogan, it didn't mean that he was the number one promotion. And that's essentially what I see is happening right now. And maybe this is a hot take. Maybe this is instant reaction and possibly. But if you look at what's happened with, with Matchroom, look at their schedule. Look at who's headlining. Look at the, the look, Even look at the fights that they're putting on pay-per-view. On paper, they're not great. Dillian White versus Derek Chisora, that wasn't great. Anyone want to respond to that? I think Matchroom's complete, just they, they always, they have ignored their TV dates for the past few years and they've tried to put anything decent on pay-per-view. And I think that came back to bite them in a sense. Obviously, I still think they are the biggest promotion in the UK. You know, Chisora White 2 did 500k buys, but they, they've not been building stars from TV shows. They've never, they've, don't have give their prospects experiences on TV shows. They they, they everything's off their um pay per view undercards and there's never any building of anyone. They're just pay per views. Fred, did you want to say something? I just want to know who Sting is. You know, since the, you know, the <laughs> <laughs> who's Sting? Um, who would be Sting? Tony Bellew. Hey. <laughs> You know, for, for real, I think, yeah, I think, and, and Bellew, uh, although Bellew's retired and Sting is, like, would be active if it wasn't for a terrible, dangerous worker breaking his neck. Like Ushik? Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, that, it's got to be Krola. His, it's, no, legit, it's got to be Krola. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, we're way down the rabbit hole here. Um, I do have a point, though. Uh, what is interesting is that uh, we've, like, if, if you follow the, boxing not the boxing goofy history but the way it's actually played out in tv before we've seen this before and it's surprising that it's following almost the exact same path like because boxing is so easy to get into for some of these networks when they get a taste for it throw money really hard at boxing and they don't think about recouping it sometimes and you would have thought that this time they wouldn't have done it but they're right back into it so like a lot of these numbers that they're throwing around you just go well how's it gonna work and it might not like it just might be money and they're just right now they're so focused about growing their platforms they're not really looking too far down the road and how they're going to get it back that's what we're in the middle of so it's a good time for boxers but as far as everything else making sense and matching up the fights and who they're going to fight maybe they don't even know well i feel like that's appropriate when it comes to uh Dazen's model but i i think with pbc and espn they, they these guys know what they're doing and I think they see a path. Now, whether they're successful or not is up for debate. And history will tell us or time will tell us if they are successful. But I think they see the path to take because it's clear pay-per-view is how you recoup that. There's no other way. And um, 
I mean, one of the things that I'm wondering about is how many fights does Fury have on regular ESPN? I I, I would legit set the, the over-under at one and a half. I think Tyson Fury is the kind of guy that could fight on pay-per-view the rest of his career. And one fight not on pay-per-view would very likely be just a, hello, this is Tyson Fury, he is our star. And then everything else would be on pay-per-view. Um, does anyone here disagree with that? I don't think he's got that kind of pull like look at canelo when he wasn't matched up with uh bigger names he did all right but well what does but we talked about this yesterday what will espn consider a successful pay-per-view yeah i guess that's true but yeah yeah it all depends on what they actually pay for him and what they're looking for who are they so, sharing yeah, who are they going to share money with if they're selling it on through the espn plus app themselves so like yeah, the, that's true the the number for what would be considered success is probably much lower. And here's the thing. Here's what's funny is that the number's probably going to be pretty low. And boxing fans will slam it when they find out that they said, oh, we did 290,000 buys for Oscar Rivas and Tyson Fury. And boxing fans will go nuts about that and say how terrible that is when the reality is they're probably going to make you know upwards of $20 million, $30 million off of that. And boxing fans will say, well, it wasn't one million. Canelo Golovkin did that. This fight shouldn't be on pay-per-view. I actually would probably do lower than that. Revis and Fury is probably like a 190, 180, 180,000 buys. Maybe if they put Shakur Stevenson and Teofimo Lopez on the undercard in mismatches. Yeah, I just want to jump in for a second. I mean, another big problem with the Kubrat Pulev, Kubrat Pulev or um, Oscar Revis fight with Tyson Fury is they would be ugly fights. They would go the distance. And, it, you know, this is where, like, Fury gets kind of a pass because, you know, he's a big talker. He retired after the Klitschko fight. Coming to the Wilder fight, he had had those two comeback fights. They were comeback fights. I mean, it was all about the story. It wasn't about the boxing. You know, this is the thing we talk about a lot with Adrian Broder. But at a certain point, you know, the the fighting does matter. You know, like Broner, typically they've tried to alternate in between overmatched opponents he can at least blow out and do something with and then get him in higher profile fights. I mean, if Fury's on ESPN, I mean, it, it looks like, you know, they're talking big now, but if he has an ugly fight with Kubrat Pulev, you know, he talks big coming in, oh, I'm going to blow you out similar to the Wilder fight, um, goes the distance, ugly fight. Has another fight with... Um, Oscar Rivas, ugly fight, goes the distance. I mean, at what point do people stop caring? Do At what point do people say, like, you know, uh, great, you know, big talker, but, you know, this is just abysmal in-ring action. I mean... Um, I have an answer for you. Like, like legit, this is... and Like, I have the answer for your question. When he fights Wilder, as long as Wilder exists or Joshua exists, people will continue to tune in. And that's what we saw. Like Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather didn't fight the best opposition in between the time people wanted them to fight and the time that they actually fought. I mean, who wanted to see Manny Pacquiao fight Timothy Bradley three times? We got the point the first time. He, Pacquiao's better. But as, with, as long as the other exists, there is interest in what the other is doing. And so I think as long as these guys don't fight each other, despite logic saying that it may not, like it shouldn't be, it will be that these guys are going to be able to draw. And that's just I what history has told us. Yeah, there's maybe yeah, much just, just jump in a little bit. Like, fight though, does help. You know. I, I get, you know, help. that's the narrative that they would have. But, you know, again, it's like, great. So you fight, 
you know, Kubrat Pulev, and that does between 100 and 200,000 pay-per-view pay-per-view buys. I think 200 would be a very high number for that fight. You know, you're probably talking about closer to 100. Um, you know, you're you're not getting up to that. You know, people were talking about the 80 million dollar, the rumored 80 million dollar number before. I mean, those numbers at, at a certain point, you know, aren't super high for anyone, and they're not you know, guaranteed. I mean, also you have Tyson Fury is a big guy with a big body. He's, he has a lot of mileage on him. I mean, very big body, you know, he could have, you know, a joint blowout and that could be the end of his career. I mean, that's why boxers and heavyweights specifically in this situation, if they have a huge fight on the horizon, they usually take it. So, you know, what I was saying before is really just to try to build to that point. It's like, theoretically, you could do the Pulev fight. Theoretically, you could do, you know, the Oscar Riva. <laughs> they could even uh, bring back Brian Jennings, I guess, if they wanted to. Um, but at a certain point, Please don't. all of this really feels like to me, they're just trying to get leverage for the rematch negotiation. I mean, that's that's a rule of any negotiation. If you're trying to negotiate a good deal, you need to show the other side what you have waiting in the wings if you don't take their offer. Um, by the nature of what this announcement is, by the way that it happened, again, this was not... Um, you know, if these are fights for the U.S. they've talked about. This was not on a stage in America with ESPN executives. You know, this was in London announcing the deal with Top Rank as part of the co-promote deal. I think also, you know, Fred and, and maybe someone else touched on this earlier. But again, we don't know if there's going to be a legal challenge to this. I mean, you know, we had the David Benavidez deal fallout. I mean, the, the nature of the, the rematch clause from the first Wilder fight could preclude this deal from even happening. Um, you know, I think there, there really is something to be said for that again, why it was announced, you know, in the UK and was so sudden and no one really seems to know what to do with it yet. Um, I think a lot of pieces are, are yet to fall, but I still think Wilder Fury is the most likely outcome. Um, for, I think everyone's sanity who likes either one of these guys or even just likes boxing in general. I hope that's the case, but Rollins, you want to respond to that? Yeah, just, to. Uh compliment Tom's point I think the fact that this announcement came the way it did and that there's no mention of any potential opponents in addition to the fact that it wasn't legitimately announced like by ESPN themselves um, it leads me to believe that their first priority is still going to be the Wilder fight regardless of whether that means there's something in the interim or whether that means it's delayed because this is now complicated it or there'll be a legal challenge or whatever the case may be um, the fact that they basically didn't even try to sell anything else today, uh, with the way this, this rollout came out, makes me think that they still are prioritizing the Wilder fight. Yeah, I think so. And, and I think one of the other things that, that they're really making obvious is that ESPN is clearly saying pay-per-view is, is what we're doing. I don't think you make this signing and especially for the money that we're hearing rumored, you don't do that if you're not doing pay-per-view. Like, Dazen may be that dumb, and they may have to take that risk because they're trying, uh, like, you know, they're, they're a new venture, and you're not gonna gonna establish yourself without overpaying uh, in, in whatever market you're, you're in. But, like, ESPN has to, like, they know that they have to do pay-per-view. And obviously, we've seen with um, the Crawford Con, they'll put it, any decent fight on pay-per-view if, if that means that, that they can do one. And so bringing Fury in, I think, means that they're going to pay-per-view. I mean, what do you gain from having him fight on regular ESPN? Well, the other side of it, 
from ESPN, I'm not sure. I mean, I know everyone now knows that they've been going after Golovkin, but I'm not sure how many people know that since they've signed the top rank deal, they've offered Wilder large sums of money to fight on ESPN, and it's just never come off. So, I mean, this strategy to get into this space has been like a long-term one from ESPN. So I wouldn't discount that, that they just see this as a strategy to get in on the, in on the action as far as this like heavyweight saga that's kind of going on right now. Do you think that, or does anyone here think that this could hurt PBC? Uh, not really. I think it, I think Showtime could be a little out, but it, it's tough to say, but PBC right now, they still got the focus of the welterweights. You know, they, they've got all those fighters to make. You know, and then they still got the Charlo brothers, and you know they got that Harrison rematch. They they got fights still to make yet, as a bonus. But they can still make fights with him. Like if if he doesn't go here, they got other guys. They'll make them, and that could be a, like a boon for Showtime because then they get to put him, you know, Wilder back on Showtime because he's not going to do a pay per view to fight like Dominic Brielsal or whatever the hell his name is, <laughs> you know, or those guys. That that'd be those would be TV fights. Um, yeah, let me, go. Oh, on, I'm just going to answer succinctly. Um, Wilder, if Wilder had knocked out Fury, yeah, that would have been great for the PBC, right? I mean, you have suddenly another huge tentpole guy. Instead, you got, you know, what ended up being a really fun promotion and a draw, you know, and that still elevated him over what had been before that. I mean, I think there had been very low expectations for Wilder's career when he turned pro. He was a very, very long-term project, a lot of development fights. And, you know, I don't think anyone saw him getting up to the pay-per-view level like three years ago. You know, he, he really is is exceeded beyond what people expected of him. So, I mean, it's like, I don't know. Is it bad? I mean, I, I guess the Wilder business, which is less than the Pacquiao business, which is probably less than the Spence uh, Garcia winner business. You know, it's like that's not the you know the only thing the pbc has going um i i think relatively when we were talking about the zone it's like joshua i think means more to them and the dilution of joshua as a heavyweight champion that this represents is a complicated sentence but i think that's more damaging in that way i mean the pbc just has so many other things going on um and wilder again it's like it's you just he really has overperformed, you know, commercially over what anyone could have expected for him. So it's like, yeah, would it have been better if he won by knockout? Yeah, I mean, would it be better if he had gotten to fight AJ and he had knocked AJ? I mean, you know, you can go into a million hypotheticals, but it's like, you know, he's already kind of like, um, you know, this guy who's overperformed and, you know, is it bad? I don't know. I mean, if he does fight Fury on pay-per-view, and ESPN is backing it the way we've discussed. Like, that's a bigger event. Like, when you talk about uh, McGregor fighting Mayweather and having the UFC backing, I mean, that without question made that a bigger event that you had both big entities and, in that, you know, in that case, both sports backing it. I mean, having the, the entire ESPN promotional uh, force going and the entire PBC promotional force will make that a bigger event if that's what ended up happening. I mean, it might be, this is where I've said, it's like, if they still fight, it's like for the fans, we'll still get to watch the same fight. I mean, it might be not as great for Steven Espinoza or for like the split that the PBC side is getting or that Wilder is getting, but it's like, from the standpoint of the fans, I think it will remain largely unchanged. 
Yeah, so I want to start to wrap this up because we've gone on uh, pretty long for what is basically a really, really bare bones announcement. Tyson Fury's fighting in the U.S. twice a year. He's with Top Rank now. We think that there's uh, reason to believe that his rematch with Deontay Wilder is in jeopardy, but we don't know. So let's get some final thoughts and a prediction on who Wilder and Fury will both fight next. So you can give your final thoughts and then cap it off with where you think this is going, who's next for each of those guys. So, Stu, let's start with you. Uh, I think that the, the Wilder-Fury fight, if it doesn't happen, that's just you're leaving too much money on the table there, I think. I think there's too much... The, the the highest value for the rematch is right now because there's a lot of intrigue over the decision, obviously. A lot of intrigue over Fury getting up in the 12th. I think if you delay it, unlike you know maybe an AJ fight or something where delaying it could add to the interest, I think interest is peaked in this fight. And I think that if they delay it and if there's more negotiation, which you know takes it to next year or whatever... I think that just makes a fight lose value. So in terms of who they're going to fight next, maybe they're, they both have kind of a stay busy fight before having it later in the year, but I'll say they'll fight each other next as a prediction. Okay. What about you, Fred? I guess, you know, in all this thing, I think uh, I like the chaos, I guess. You know, when I really think about this whole thing as Me a package, too. it's kind of interesting because here, what you were looking at, this the rematch is going to get buried anyway. Let's you think get so? Jammed up together that all these pay per views are coming. So you got you got Spence Garcia, you got uh, Crawford Con, you uh-huh. got Canelo and Jacobs. That's not a pay per view, bro. You can get that for free. Yeah, but I mean, but as far as big fights, okay. Joshua Fine. and you know Miller, and then you're going to throw this one on top. They all it these fights would have all got lost in the shuffle. You know, like the narratives would have been all crossed. So I think if it if the rematch does get pushed off, it might help it. You know, people, of course, will they'll they'll yell, but they always yell in anyway. But they're not really paying for it. They're you know, stealing. <laughs> yeah, I, it I, could work out. I, it's it, funny. It, it, it might be. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just think it's funny because I was having that thought today, this morning, that if Wilder Fury, which I expected, we well, we were all led to believe that today would be uh, when we would find out, uh, like it was official. But I was thinking, like, we have a lot of fights coming up in a really short amount of time. And is there potential that they would overshadow each other? And my take about that was maybe not because of all of those fights, this is the best one. It's better than Canelo Jacobs. It's better than all the others. We already know about Danny Jacobs. We know about Canelo. But Wilder Fury still seems to be there's there's unfinished business there. We're not quite sure um, about that. But like... What about your prediction? What do you think is actually going to happen next? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I really don't know what this deal is, why they... I, I understand why, you know, Fury did it, but it, it's just strange. Like I said, it's... it's you see, you have an idea this is going to happen? I don't know. I think there might have... Wasn't Raphael sort of making fun of Coppinger when he was announcing the fight was already done? Uh... I think it was. Yeah, I was trying to think. Was that this fight, or is that the Dillian White situation? Well, I mean, that that is interesting. If Dan Rayfield knew something behind the scenes, because no one seemed to. I mean, t- uh, Bob Arum didn't even hint that this was happening. Yeah, 
Uh, well, I mean, if anybody was going to know, it would be Aram because, you know, or sorry, not Aram, but Raphael because he works for ESPN. Yeah, well, they might not tell him, but like, uh, it, it is also strange that the now in the UK and then like this, this should be a big deal for ESPN and everything oh, they do. It actually, it, it was for the Joshua Miller fight, actually, that that Dan was talking out, out his neck. about. Okay. Yeah, about that's what I thought. Jerk. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's chaos, and I think uh, it'll be fun to see what happens. Yeah, I, I well, I think for us it's a lot of fun because you know. But I think it's very confusing if you're like a casual boxing fan about what's going on. Um, what about you, Rollins? Final thoughts and prediction. Um, final thoughts is this is very unexpected. Uh, <laughs> but um, stop moving the mic around. It's, it's, it, it's still so new. Sorry, you know I'm doing this on the run. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's still so though. new that I, I don't really have any um, overarching like takeaways from it. I mean, as far as a prediction as to what I think is going to happen based on the limited info we have, I would say maybe like 50% chance we, they still do it on May 18th, 25% chance that they push the date back, but the rematch is still next. And like another 25% chance that they both have interim fights, but Fury still fights Wilder before either one fights Joshua. If I had to guess, it'd be Ooh. something like that. And I like how you had numbers to go with it too. Really, you really, you really broke that down. Uh, what about you, Tom? Uh, I still think Wilder Fury rematch is coming. Yeah. I, I just have a hard time believing that he's going to fight Kubrat Pulev. I mean, for all the talk of him wanting, you know, it's like on one hand it makes sense from him being, you know, a big personality. You could see him becoming, you know, a face of ESPN's boxing. I, I just I don't see him going to such a low profile fight. I mean, no one will care about that fight if it happens. Um, I mean, this is a big surprise splash bit of news. And, I, you know, over the course of this podcast, I've been going checking Twitter, checking the boxing internet. People don't really seem to care that much. You know, I think people are going to care when there's an announcement of a big fight involving Tyson Fury, and they aren't going to care that much with some of these, you know, behind the scenes shenanigans. I mean, you know, we as boxing fans cared enough to do an, you know, emergency podcast, but I, I think it's not really going to be a big deal until he's involved in another big fight, which to me, Wilder Fury, it just, this just is, makes the most sense that it will still happen. This, why we did this podcast, because this is the equivalent of like the government shutdown in boxing, because there's potential that the heavyweight division now becomes stagnant where we have to endure for the next year and a half, maybe shorter, maybe longer, where these three guys have to appease the people that pull their strings. So that means, yeah, Tyson Fury will let you fight Joshua or Wilder, but only when it means that we are going to guarantee the largest possible payday and same for Joshua and same for Wilder. And that's been what we've seen in the history of boxing that happens. You wait and wait and wait until you maximize the the money that you're going to get. And even if you wait a little too long, which happens sometimes, even if you wait too long, the fight's still worth more than if you would have done it immediately. You know, they waited a little too long to do Mayweather-Pacquiao. I think everyone would agree. Except it still did probably way more than it would have done if they would have done it two years after or even just when they initially thought about it in 2009, 2010. Way more, way more. Waiting, waiting made that fight huge. Yeah, 
And, and it brought in so many other storylines. There were so many other storylines that weren't there that, that developed over time. Now, is that what boxing fans want? No. But what you want and what is realistically going to happen are two separate things. And if you if you think that what you want is like going to determine what's going to happen, I got bad news for you because I've been trying to do that my whole life and that seems to not happen. And so I, I think this potentially hurts everybody. I think ESPN may have trouble and may be forced into making that fight with Wilder because they realize, oh, Fury's not drawing like we think he can or we thought he could. Maybe this is a, a, a power play to shift the balance of boxing where ESPN now has Fury. And in order to make fights with Fury, you got to make other things happen. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe there's like this goodwill that ESPN says, well, we have Fury, but we'll let him fight Wilder if you let Spence fight Crawford on our network. Maybe they want to do a little agreement like that. Don't think that that's going to happen because I think when when you get these these big guys in the in the in the room to negotiate fights, they're not playing. I'll do this for you if you do that for me. Steven Espinosa is not playing those games, and so I, I think this is a real interesting move. I think a lot like specifically the PB side, PBC side of things was blindsided by this news, and there's there's also a conversation to be had of how professional was it that out of nowhere seemingly. Um, Based off of how the reporters are responding, it seems no one had this. No one even had this as a leak. Like, hey, this is coming down the pipe. Like, don't, don't, don't think that th this fight is going to be made as easy as you think. Like what we saw with Coppinger saying that Miller and, and Joshua that was official. So this is probably bad. Maybe this means that you get Wilder Joshua sooner than you thought. But then again, we run into problems there. And that's why I think this is bad because now we have this three-way thing where everyone's got a gun and they're all staring at each other, but no one wants to make the first move. And so boxing's in for a real interesting year. We could have another Cold War on our hands um, as if we didn't already have one. Like this could legitimately be the thing that really breaks things up or not. Or we come to this agreement and, and we talked about this. The fight's 13 weeks away. I came up with a solution in five minutes on how this could work. And it's possible. Uh, what are you sending me? I have a very quick final comment. Okay. And then I have an actual article headline to read to you guys. <laughs> Go on. Which is going to sure. screw up everything that we might have just said. <laughs> uh, why don't you go first? Um, Bob Arum says, We envision this rematch can reach one to two million homes. The only way to do that is to allow the general sports fan to really get to know these guys. What do you think that sounds like? <laughs> yeah, sounds oh my like God, marination special. Oh yeah, uh, but just like what I just said, you wait and make the fight. I'm not opposed to it, by the way. I'm not opposed to it. Well, so just here's the comment I was going to say. I, I was just curious, you know, we've talked about like, this is kind of a weird thing, right? I mean, this is not for the announcement of what would seem to be such a big deal. Um, if theoretically, if, you know, Fury has the backing of all of ESPN, he's going to become the new face of their boxing. If you go to ESPN.com, there's one tiny blurb on their front page. Like if you look for Tyson Fury, you have to scroll way down to find one tiny blurb about this. If you go to ESPN boxing, the top headline is about who is Leo Santa Cruz going to fight next. Well, he's a bigger star, apparently. <laughs> and then you scroll down, and then there's a note about Fury signs deal to co-promote top rank. Now, 
Part of this could just be because everyone was so blindsided and it's a holiday in the US today, granted. But again, it's it's like this is not like announcing what team LeBron James is going to play for next, <laughs> you know, where the hey, entire brother, world stops. It's like that. the pieces don't really seem to be adding up, which is why I continue to point to this is, you know, let's see how the legal details fall into place. Let's see how, um, you know, negotiations go with Wilder Fury rematch. I mean, uh this seems like we don't know the full story yet. Anyway, that's... Yeah, and it, it appears that Tyson Fury will be having a showcase fight next. And I think that's that's appropriate. I think ESPN would be smart to do that. And um, look, boxing fans always get upset because fights that they want to happen don't happen now. It'll happen. I guarantee it. Wilder Fury will fight again. Just won't be anytime in the immediate future. But I think it, that fight happens by 2019. So what do I think is next? I think Tyson Fury will face Oscar Rivas next. Maybe even a softer opponent, actually. I actually think that it's possible that you get... They want to put Fury in position to knock someone out. And so his next opponent would be pretty bad. And Deontay Wilder will have to fight Dominic Brazil. <laughs> hey. Uh. Hey, yeah, and it could happen. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. And then later this year, Wilder versus Fury on pay-per-view. They consult me to to have bring to to bring in my expertise to come up with a solution. And there that's that. Stu, do you think that they're going to bring in a different type of opponent for Fury? What are you ta- what are you typing? Yeah, very uh, quick. The reason why I was laughing before is cuz I remember that Andy Ruiz exists. No, nah, but he's with PBC <laughs> now. He is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they anyway, want, they sorry want all the chubby boxers. Yeah, Fury lost too much weight, so Konaki. now he, uh, he doesn't fit the bill. Oh, that's too bad. Uh, um, Stu, I think th- I think they want someone who's going to be able to have a back and forth and make the press conferences entertaining with Fury. Because at the end of the day, that is the most entertaining thing about Fury. They want someone who can almost showcase his personality and make the make Fury able to sell the fight and make a story about the fight because that is how you make people interested in Fury as a boxer as well. Yeah, I think I think it's I, I think that's probably the smartest move to make. But um let's wrap this up guys. Uh I want to thank you guys for coming on. I know this was short notice and I know we went a long time on one bit of news. But hey um we got to give the people what they want. And the people want us to talk about Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, one of the most popular boxers in the world. And so, uh, Tom, Stu, Rollins, Fred, thanks. Uh, if you are still listening, please tweet out hashtag SP giveaway. We're giving away either tickets or a shirt. It really depends on where you live. So you can listen to our other episode where I talk all about it. Um, you probably should go back and listen to the other episode to, to hear us recap the weekend of fights. But um, yeah, thanks for listening. Leave a rating or review. Subscribe if you love the podcast or even just like it a little and you listen occasionally. That's cool too. Thank you guys for um, all those guys of you who are actually here listening live. we got a live audience today in the Discord. And uh, I thank you guys for whatever you're doing, whether you're at work whether you're walking, whether you're doing whatever. Uh, Thanks for listening.